Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 8th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. And as we're going through miracle by miracle by miracle, I, I trust that you are excited. You're being built up. You're being edified. You're being encouraged. You're learning some things about God. And you're also being inspired to open up your heart to God on another level. There's nothing that God can't do. So this is, as we've been looking at the miracles, this is part 24 of the miracles of Jesus. Today, we're going to look at a man with a withered hand. And the title of today's message is Expose Your Issue to God. Put this in the chat. Say, I am willing to expose everything to God. I have nothing hidden from God. I'm not going to hold anything back. Expose your issue to God. All right, so let's get into the word. Here we go. You got to be able to expose your issue to God. You should have nothing hidden from God. It's not like God doesn't know, but you are not going to be able to address what you're not willing to confront. And we're going to learn about that today. Before we get into the miracle, Psalms 126 and verse four is something we've been looking at every day. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Put that in the chat. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of refreshing flow over us until every dry heart is drenched again. I declare, put this in the chat. No dry areas for me. Whatever was dry in my heart, whatever was dry in my soul is going to be drenched in this season. We're going back to where God is doing it again. God is restoring us. I, I told you that whatever you lost in 2022, 2022 was difficult for many people. Whatever you lost along the way, going all the way back the, from the pandemic to now, it's like people lost something in their relationship with God. You're going to get it back. Not only will God restore you to the former glory, but I believe that he's taking you to another level. Say another level. Amen to that. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So this miracle, the man with the withered hand, is found in Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 14, Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. All of this is in my notes. At the end of the, of the message, I'm going to tell you how to sign up. But you get my notes for free, so you should sign up. So let's just deal with Matthew. I'm going to deal primarily with Matthew's account. So Matthew chapter 12 opens up with Jesus and his disciples walking through the grain fields on the Sabbath. So grain fields on the Sabbath. Can you, can you imagine it? You picture it? So Jesus and his team are walking through some grain fields, and it's Saturday. And there were some Pharisees who were following Jesus and his team. These are some nosy people, y'all. And so they're following him. And because it's Saturday and they're not, you're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath, then, of course, then this, the Pharisees were following Jesus to see what he was going to do on the Sabbath. It was like they were the religious rule police. You know what I'm saying? You ever met somebody like that that's just super nosy? wants to get involved in everybody else's life. And it's like they just want, they're always paying attention to other people to see if other if someone else is doing something wrong <clears throat> so that they can highlight that to you. And so I don't I don't know. I don't like people like that, by the way. But but yeah, I mean, that's how these people were. So they were following Jesus through the grain fields on their Saturday and they were looking out to, to see if Jesus and his disciples were gonna do anything wrong on the Saturday. 
And so as Jesus and his, as his team, um, first of all, let me just, I was going to talk about straight up at what happened in the, um, in the, in the synagogue, in the temple. Uh, but first let me just say this. While Jesus and his team are in the grain fields, they're hungry. So they reach over and grab some wheat. Like, you know, they just grab some wheat. Like it would be like you walking through a, a, a field with like a mango tree and you just grab a mango and you start eating. So they grab wheat, crack it open, and they start eating it. And the Pharisees stopped Jesus and his team and said, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, it's Saturday. You're not supposed to be working. So you grabbing that food, you cracking it open is work and you're not supposed to be working. And it's Saturday. What's wrong with y'all? And Jesus looked at him and said, listen, the son of man is Lord over the Sabbath day. And I'm sure that they didn't like that at all. But he was like, first of all, you know, mind your business. Second of all, why are you all up in my face about something like that? This is ridiculous. Dude, I'm eating. I'm eating. This is how ridiculous religious people are. Religious people focus on the wrong thing. And so anyway, so he, he looked at them and was like, forget it. So they, they, I'm the Lord over, over the Sabbath. And of course they didn't like that. And Jesus and his team went on to church. They went on to the, the temple. It, it was, it was a Saturday, right? So they went to church. So when they got to the temple, there was a man there. The Bible says who had a withered hand and the Pharisees saw the man with the withered hand and they saw Jesus there. And it was like, they already knew, like, like say, I already knew, like you already know, like, you know, you, 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 you know how God rolls, right? So it's like, they already knew what Jesus was going to do. So before he even did it, they came up to Jesus. I mean, these people are some nosy people. They come up to Jesus in church and say, is it right to heal this man on the Sabbath? Like before you even go there, let me just address something. Is it right to heal this man on the Sabbath? And Jesus like, man, I can't believe I'm dealing with stuff like this. And so Jesus says, okay, let me put it this way. Let's say that you have a sheep and the sheep falls into a ditch, but it just happens to be Saturday. Are you going to leave the sheep there until the next day because it's Saturday? Of course not. You're going to pull the sheep out of the ditch, right? It doesn't make any sense. Of course, you're going to take the di- you're going to pull the sheep out of the ditch, regardless if it's Saturday or not. So, so basically, it's saying why are you focus on something like that. Of course, it doesn't matter that it's Saturday. If this man has a withered hand, I'm going to deal with it. So, without any fear of the Pharisees, right in front of them, like he was like, man, forget y'all. He says to the withered hand, the man with the withered hand, hey, stretch out your hand. And as the man with the withered hand goes to stretch out his hand, the Bible says that as he stretched it out, immediately it became whole and it became just like the other hand. And so he had one hand that was withered and Jesus said, stretch it out. And as he stretched it out, immediately it became whole. And then the text says, the Pharisees left and they made plans to kill Jesus. <laughs> the Pharisees were so upset that, the, that Jesus actually healed somebody because it was Saturday. They left making plans to kill Jesus. All right. So what does this mean for you today? There's two things going on. There's Jesus and religious people. And there's Jesus and this man with the withered hand. I'm going to talk about both. Let's let's glean some things from both 
so that we can uh, receive God's best today. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. A few things. Here's number one. Um, don't ever allow jealousy to be your driving force. Listen, there's a lot of things that are going to drive you in life. Never be driven by jealousy. The Pharisees, they fought Jesus tooth and nail. And really what it came down to was they were jealous. They were jealous of the fact that he, would, he was drawing crowds and they couldn't. And what's sad is that these were people who claimed to be close to God. And, and they, you would think that these were the people who would recognize Jesus, but they didn't. You Listen, the people who are close to God should acknowledge the God in you. But when you are comfortable with your, your assignment, whether people acknowledge you or not, you're not going to be moved by them. Just don't be the one that's, that's driven by jealousy. When, when you know who you are and you're comfortable with who you are and you can thank God for other people, the goal is to celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy. When I know who I am, and I've told you this a gazillion times, you should be able to build other people up and me building you up does not tear me down in any way. Me celebrating you does not actually minimize me in any way. I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. I thank God for you and what you're called to do. And I should be able to celebrate you without that affecting me in a negative way at all. And so there's enough for all of us to be who it is that God has called us to be. Matter of fact, I need you to be you because I'm not you. You need me to be me because you're not me. And together, say together, put this in the chat. Together, we can make a difference. That's what we're called to do. We're called to do this thing together, which is number two. Number two, we can get more done together. Put that in the chat. We can get more done together. I wonder, this is something I, I think about sometimes. I wonder how different the gospels would be had the Pharisees and the Sadducees chosen to join forces with Jesus. Instead of fighting Jesus, what if they had chosen to join forces with Jesus? Listen, there's enough for all of us to go around. This is another thing. I, I want to say this uh, to those that are in corporate America, to those that are trying to do business. Celebr if, you, if you own a small business and you know somebody else that owns a small business, celebrate them. Oh man, I don't want to put them. If I put them up, what if, what if that means I'm not going to get a contract? What if that means I'm, listen, there's enough to go around. Relax. <laughs> Whatever God has for you. Matter of fact, put this in the chat. What God has for me is for me. Don't, it, it would be better if we join forces. While it's true that the Bible says one can chase a, a thousand, this is Deuteronomy 32 and 30. The Bible also says if one can chase a thousand, two can put 10,000 to flight. That, that we can get a lot more done together. We shouldn't be fighting each other. We shouldn't. We should be here to build each other up and not to tear each other down. Look at what the wisest man in the Bible said in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine and ten. He said, two people are better than one." <laughs> Obviously, he says, "When two people work together, they get more work done. If one person falls, the other person can help them out." But those who are alone, when they fall, they have nobody there to help them. Come on, man. We can get more done together. It's, there's no need for us to be fighting each other. There's no need. Matter of fact, last night I was at a, an event called uh, Dominicans on Capitol Hill. And, uh, and I'm going to, uh, you know, the follow on the main event is today. And so these are people from the Dominican Republic. Uh, that are um, dealing with people in government, in Congress. And then, you know, there's some type of event that's going to be baseball players and people that are in government and in business and all of that. And then while I was talking, I mentioned that on Friday, of course, you know, we're focused on, uh, uh, I'm focused on DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts 
and in my company, I lead the, the Hispanic uh, and Latinx employee resource group for Hispanics, right? And I mentioned that on Friday, I'm going to be at Bayer, the Black Engineer, Black Engineer of the Year Awards, and I'm going to be on a panel. Uh, and primarily, we're going to be talking about African-Americans then. And um, and somebody kind of looked at me a little bit strange. I was like, dude, we 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 all need to be supporting one another. It, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, whatever the challenge is, we can get more done together. Like I'm, I'm here to support everybody. I'm here to celebrate everybody. We are here. We can get more done together. Two are better than one. Say amen to that. All right. Number three. I've said this like a lot of times. I debated whether or not I should repeat this again today, but I need to repeat it again today. Rules can't make you right. Say that. Say, put that in the chat. Say rules cannot make me right. The Pharisees were focused on rules. Jesus was focused on his relationship with the father. Rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. And so you should not live a rule-based life. You should live a grace-based life. And a grace-based life is a life that's based on relationships. The purpose of the law, let me read this to you real slow so you can get it. Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. Write this down. Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. This is the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was never for you to be right. Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. This is what the Bible says. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. Listen, no one, you can't be made right by following the rules. Rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The purpose of the law was to show you that you're not good enough. The purpose of the rules is to show you that you can never obey them. The purpose of the law was to show you how good God is and how messed up you are. And so the law was written to get man to the end of himself. And so you, that's why I don't live rules based. The Pharisees were like, you, you working on Saturday. You just took some grain. You cracked it open. You ate. That's work. You, what are you talking about, dude? Why are you even focused on that? They get to the church. It was like, oh yeah, what you going to do? You're going to heal this man on a Saturday. You can't do that. Why? Why are you even focused on that? Rules are not designed to make you right. Rules are designed to show you how sinful you are and that you need a savior. And that savior came and his name is Jesus. Number four, don't allow what you're going through to rob you of your worship. All right. The first three points was about the Pharisees. Let me shift now and talk about this man with the withered hand. Don't allow whatever you're going through to keep you from worship, to rob you of your worship. The man with the withered hand had a withered hand, but guess what? He was in the house of God. The man with the withered hand had a withered hand, but guess what? He was worshiping God in church. If Listen, if you are going to wait until everything is perfect before you worship God, you're not going to worship God because you're going to be waiting a long time. You must learn to worship through your storms. Put this in the chat. Say, I will worship through my storms. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I need to worship God in the middle of whatever I'm going through. The man had a withered hand and he was in church. The man had a a withered hand and he was in worship, which leads me to number five. Make your way to the house of God. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I need to tell you this. I need to put my pastor hat on here for a minute and talk to you about going to church. You need to go to church. The man with the withered hand was in the house of God. The man with the withered hand, when he got his breakthrough, he was in church. There's no telling how many times he went to the house of God with his issue. But then one day, 
when he was minding his own business in church, he received his breakthrough in the presence of the Lord. He was in the house of God. So listen, I know it's been a while, y'all, since our churches were as full as they were pre-COVID. It's been a while since people came back to church like they did before the pandemic. And this past Sunday, I was just talking about that. This past Sunday at our church, I preached, and I'm preaching this Sunday again. But um, right before I preached, there was this atmosphere of worship. The Bible says, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. There's something that happens in corporate worship that doesn't happen at home. And I, and I love to worship at home. You can worship at home. Oh, Rick, I don't need to go to church. I can worship at home. Yes, you can worship at home. I can watch the live stream. Yes, you can watch the live stream, but something happens in corporate worship that doesn't happen at home. Listen, there's this atmosphere. You need to come back to the house of God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if it's been a while since you've been to church, look at me. I'm telling you, go to church. You need to go to church. You need to find yourself. You go right back to your church. Get inside of the house of God. Stop worshiping on your couch and looking at the live stream. Listen, go to church. You got it? Oh, well, Rick, you, you, why, why you, no, I'm saying this because I'm led to say it. We need to go back to being in an environment where that is, this, this guy was in an environment where the power of God was, and he was minding his own business when he got his breakthrough, because watch this, number six, the power of God can be released at any time. The man with the withered hand, he was in the house of God, and I'm telling you, you can get your breakthrough, and it can happen at any time. He was minding his own business when Jesus approached him. He was minding his, he didn't even know that the Pharisees and Jesus were having an argument about him. He didn't even know. He was just in church minding his own business when somebody named Jesus walked up and said, stretch forth your hand. He stretched it forth, and bam, immediately it was made whole. The power of God can be released at any moment. Put this in the chat. It can happen at any time. I'm talking about at any time. When, and you should not just, not just at church. It can happen at any time. You can get your breakthrough in your car. You can get your breakthrough at work. You can get, listen, it can happen at any time, which is why you should live your life with an expectation of manifestation. Whatever you're believing God for, you should expect that God can do it and he can do it at any time. You should live with this expectation of manifestation. You're believing God for a different doctor's report and you go to see the doctor and I'm like, man, Lord, I thank you. you it can happen at any time. Lord, I believe I receive. Okay. They run their scans, they run their tests, they come back, oh, no, sir, uh, no, I still see it. Okay, okay, no problem. I'll see you on the next one. And you go back home, you pray, you believe, and I, it can happen at any time. You come back and you you are living with an expectation of manifestation. You know that your breakthrough can happen at any time. I don't know about you, but I live, I, I have things that I'm believing God for. Do you have things that you're believing God for? Put that in the chat. Say, I'm believing God for some stuff. If you are believing God for some stuff, if there's some stuff on your vision board, if there's some stuff that you talk to God about in your prayer closet, if there's some stuff that you are believing God for that hasn't happened yet, I'm telling you it can happen at any time. It can happen. So you should live your life with an expectation of manifestation. You should live, there's some things that I'm believing God for. You just never know when God is going to do it unless he tells you. And so, so sometimes I get a call on my phone and the caller ID says unknown. And I'm like, okay, should I answer this? Right? Because, you know, it could just be marketing. But sometimes I'm like, you know, you never know. Let me answer this thing. It could be a blessing on the other side of this phone. It can happen and it can happen at any time. Listen, you got to live with an expectation that it can happen at any time. Say amen to that. All right, you got it? All right, number seven. And finally, the last point for today, and this point is going to bless you. You must be willing to expose your issue to God. Put that in the chat. Say, I expose my issue to God. You must be willing to expose 
your issue to God. Let's talk about this man for a minute. Think about it. Jesus said to the man, hey, stretch forth your hand. What if the man was so self-conscious of his withered hand that he would have exposed to Jesus his good hand? Think about that. Jesus didn't say which hand to stretch forth. Jesus didn't say, show me your withered hand. Jesus just says, stretch forth your hand. So what if the man would have said, ooh, let me show God my good hand instead of the bad hand? So it's easy to attempt to present your good side to God. And see, remember, God knows everything. And so there's nothing hidden from God. So what you want to do is if you want God involved in your not-so-good side, you got to be willing to expose your not-so-good side to God. There are too many people that, that put up this facade, and God can see right through the facade. I know you come to church and you're dressed right. You know, I know you come to church and you look good. I know if I say from the pulpit, God is good, you say all the time. If I say all the time, you say God is good. When, when, when the praise and worship team is singing, you know how to clap on the second and fourth beat. You, you're doing all the stuff right, but on the inside, you got some issues that you have not exposed to God. And then when we call for the altar call, you don't want to bring it. When we call for the altar call, you, you want to keep like, I look too good. And you don't want to expose your issue to God. Well, listen, if you don't expose it, God is not going to deal with it because God is not going to force you to be blessed. God, I can't tell you how many times I, I, I call for an altar call and then people don't come. And, and then after when I'm in the parking lot, I'm about to go home. Excuse me, Brother Pina. Uh, I was the one you were calling for. Well, listen, first of all, the anointing already lifted. Like, you know, I can pray for you now, but you should have came then. And why is it that you don't want to, you didn't want to come to the altar because you didn't want people to know. You don't, you're, you're too concerned about what people think. And with the man, he could care less. He stretched forth his withered hand. Listen, you can't be concerned about what people think when you need your breakthrough. God is not going to force himself upon you. God is not going to force his blessing on you. If you want to be blessed, you got to expose your issue to God. God, God, you will never address what you're not willing to confront. So put that in the chat. Say, I will confront everything. Like, like anything that you have in your heart and in your life that you are not willing to confront, you're never going to address it. You're never going to get past it. This man could have put forth his good hand. But, but if he would have put forth his good hand, then nothing would have happened. And so that's exactly what people do with God all the time. They, they live their lives with unresolved issues because they continue to ignore them. Listen, there's some things in this season that you are going to have to confront. How long are you going to be walking around with this thing and not present it before the Lord so he can deal with it? If you fail to expose your issue to God, whatever it is, then you may miss out on God's best because you like to present your good hand to people but you got to present your withered hand to God. Come on now. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. I, I know you like to present your good hand to other people, but you're going to have to present your withered hand to God. If you want God to deal with it, you got to lay it at Jesus's feet. Whatever your issue is this morning, whatever your issue is right now, even while I'm talking to you, you know what you got to talk about. Go talk to God right after I'm done. Lay this thing at Jesus's feet. Say amen to that. All right, I'm done. I said a lot. I said enough. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. The closer I get to you, the less I think of myself and the more gracious I am towards other people. I am so comfortable with who I am that I can celebrate 
what you're doing in the lives of others. And I never look down on anyone. Living this way, I can partner with others to get more done during the short time that I have on this planet. When faced with challenges, I will expose every issue to you, Father. I don't hold anything back. I don't have anything that is off limits to you. Father, I give you my whole heart. I expose to you my entire life. I want you involved in every area. And I know that breakthrough can happen at any time. So I live my life with an expectation of your best, knowing that you alone can make me whole. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I'm telling you, you got to expose this thing to God. What You got to confront it. You got to address it. You got to lay it at Jesus's feet and let Jesus deal with it. Two things. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I like to read those comments and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 